Welcome to Simple Theology, a podcast connecting theology to everyday life by examining various doctrines of the Christian faith. I'm Robert Kane, And I'm Rick Roblick. And today we are talking about some books, some books we have read recently or are currently reading and some of the highlights in each of them. Yes, what you reading, Rob, huh? So we're going to talk about Rob's Bostonian accent. Bostonian. Uh, we're going to talk about Rob's Probably mafia terrible. connections. <laughs> we're also <laughs> going to talk about how Rob doesn't read anything. What you reading? <laughs> Very broad, just church books. No, but we're going to talk about Basically right um, amazing books that we've been in. I just want to share those with you and encourage you um, to be listening or reading books. And we'll also tell you how to get a free one. So I didn't know you had um, Amish roots or Scandinavian roots. <laughs> so we're, you guys already saw the title, so we're talking about book reviews here. And each time I'm writing down the book, I'm doing, was it by Jonathan Lehman? Bobby <laughs> Jameson? Or like an Irish. Irish, yeah. I don't even know what it is. We were talking earlier about how whenever we start joking around, you and I, we, for whatever reason, start to revert to like a mafia or Bostonian. No, no that's when we're like talking about making money. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. When anytime we're talking about like making money, somehow we, we yeah turn we just like go hardcore mafia slash Bostonian because that's the people who make money. Apparently, I don't it's know people who make money. I watched a documentary. Um, I watched documentary. I I watched okay. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I watched a documentary about the, the mafia in the late seventies and early eighties, and how like five families, five mob bosses mm. ran like New York City. Like yeah. Manhattan, especially, but but the city. Mm-hmm. And that's how it is in Person of Interest. Is that a show? Yeah. Okay. It's like um, I might have said this before. The guy who plays Jesus know. in Passion of the Christ is like the main Jim character. Jim Caviezel. I don't know what his last that's name. That's his name. Or his first name. Um, John Reese. That's anyway, who it is. No, well, Jim Caviezel is the guy who plays Jesus. His in name Passion is John Reese. I'm just telling you the guy in who plays Passion of the Christ. <laughs> anyway, it's just amazing how those like five families for years and years ran that city. And that's when I was like fully convinced. I'm not a conspiracy theorist. But if five people can run through a crime, the, one of the biggest cities in the world, then yeah, there's got to be like, there's got to be all these things that our government is just not doing that we think they're doing. Or they're doing things we don't think they're doing. Like it's just proved my conspiracy theorist in my own mind. Well, guys, anyway. Some of Rick's so, favorite book reviews are going to be on conspiracy theories. Yes. Did we land on the moon? Yeah. By uh, Julian Assange. I don't know who would write that book. Anyway. All right, Rob. We're starting off with you. What you reading? What, what you reading? What you reading? <laughs> what you reading That's there? Hi, <laughs> that'd be good. <laughs> uh, okay. So, uh, as many of you guys know, I am neck Lame. deep. Oh. <laughs> Thanks for that. Yeah. Neck deep in the church planting process and um, been taking some of our leaders through some books mm-hmm. just to kind of help lay the foundation for us as leaders is to make sure we're on the same page, literally uh-huh. and philosophically. So we've been going through this series called uh, Church Basics. Yeah. And they, I, I mentioned it earlier, but the 
Six books that are in the series are Understanding the Great Commission, Understanding Baptism, Understanding the Lord's Supper, Understanding the Congregation's Authority, Understanding Church Discipline, and Understanding Church Leadership. So we have run the third book mm-hmm. right now, and but we've gone through Understanding Church Leadership, we've gone through Understanding the Congregation's Authority, and now we're going through Understanding Baptism. Yeah. And what you get we're, emotional about that? No, choked I, up? I drank, drank my coffee too quick and I'm oh. feeling burps come up as I speak. Mm. So, yeah. Um, Do you need burped? <clears throat> if you could, just pat my back <laughs> gently in an upward pattern. <laughs> pattern. <laughs> so, one of the reasons that we want to go through that is because, one, we're part of leadership, mm-hmm. whether it's elder candidates that are part of this or deacon candidates, or I just see them as leaders within the church. Doesn't mean that all of them are going to be elders. Just I see these mm-hmm, people as, mm-hmm. as leaders and um, taking them through church leadership, helping them understand what, what the offices of the church are, yeah, um, what the Bible has to say about them and um, how they get their office. Mm-hmm. So, which leads right into understanding the congregation's authority in that you as an officer of the church, whether that's as an elder or a deacon, it's not that you get in there and then you get to exercise all of this heavy-handed authority over the congregation. Ultimately, the congregation chooses who their leaders are. Yes. And so this series um, is just helping us better understand why do we do what we do and how, how, where do we see this in Scripture yeah. and how does it lead to health for the church? Yes. And so we, we just started understanding baptism. And so we as a Baptist church would affirm that in order to be a member here, you need to be baptized as a believer. Mm-hmm. And the reason that we see that or say that is because in scripture, we, we see this pretty consistent pattern of a proclamation of faith and then a baptism. Yeah. And we see that Jesus gave the church two ordinances of baptism and the Lord's Supper. Mm-hmm. And we would essentially say that in order to sit at the family table, to be part of the family, mm-hmm. we're saying join our assembly, join our church, um, but to, to be a part of the family and to sit at the family table, you need to have that initial ordinance proclaiming to the world that I am a follower of Jesus. Yes. And the church has the privilege of saying, yes, when they baptize, yes, we believe this person is in fact a follower of Jesus. There's that two-sided mm-hmm. thing, which we've talked about in previous episodes. And then your seat at the table mm-hmm. of the family meal, the mm-hmm. Lord's Supper, is essentially baptism. And so just trying to understand that because people are, people have heard baptism, people have heard of the Lord's Supper or communion and they, what we're seeing throughout COVID-19 is um, a lot of, I'm trying to really be careful how I say it because I, I don't be want to come across as that guy, as that guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but we are seeing a, a lack of understanding what the, as to what the ordinances are, yeah. as to what the church is. Yeah. COVID-19 has just revealed that. Mm -hmm. And so can you use M&Ms and orange juice as the elements for the Lord's Supper? Do you need to be gathered physically to partake in the Lord's Supper? Mm -hmm. Can you take the Lord's Supper as a community group? Mm -hmm. And so all of these things are are questions that some of these books help answer. And that's just on, on the Lord's Supper, but on these various different topics, it just helps us be unified Mm-hmm. in what we believe, why we believe it, and how yeah. we see this in scripture, because we do want to be a word-centered church. Yeah, that's and then the, the last book is One Assembly by Jonathan Lehman. So reading a lot of books right now on the church, 
Right. But tell me just in 30 seconds the yeah. one assembly what's the the gist of it it is the albeit unpopular um opinion you little rebel you yeah that um to be called a church um or that a church is a gathering that it is an assembly and so if you are a church and you say we we gather at 9:30 and we gather at 11 you're essentially saying we are two gatherings, we are two assemblies, and biblically speaking, you would say you'd have to say that we are two churches, ecclesias, two assemblies. Um, if you gather in different locations as well, maybe you're one church that gathers in four locations, or one church that gathers in two locations, then those would be two separate assemblies. They'd be two separate gatherings, mm-hmm. ecclesias. And what Lehman makes the argument for is that even though we say, and and a lot of these churches that do that would, we want to be charitable, Mm -hmm. would say the church is a people, Mm -hmm. the church is not a building. He would say your practice is saying that the only common denominator that you have as a people is that you all go to the same building. Mm. You'd never actually gather all together. Mm-hmm. Maybe half gathers at one time, half gathers at another time. But the only reason why you guys would say that you are a part of the same church is because you go to the same location mm. to worship. Mm-hmm. And so you may say that the church is not a building, it's people. Yeah. But your practice says the reason we can say we're part of this church is because we go to this building. Yeah. We go to the ninth or we go to the eleven. And he gets into all kinds of other mm-hmm. um, discipleship. Um, implications. He goes into yeah. implications for like our witness to the world, implications of us being a family. It seems mm-hmm. kind of weird for people to, for a family to have a family reunion and half the family comes at 930 yeah. and then the other half of the family comes at 11. You'd say, are you one family? Or maybe they're you... just dysfunctional. They, you know? That, maybe and they so are dysfunctional. It's better if, you know, that part of the family comes at nine and this part, and they come at exactly, 1030. Exactly. So, it is not a popular opinion in evangelicalism, but it's a very compelling argument. And yeah, I, I've very much enjoyed the book so far. Okay, Rob, great list. Appreciate it a lot. Can you give You're me welcome. a book that you've read s- since last December that is not related to church? Ooh. Any fun book, fun like, reading? Um, no. Okay. No, well. I can't. I'm, so here's the thing. I'm not a, I'm not a fast reader. Mm-hmm. So some people could be like, oh yeah, I read this, I read this biography on Roberto Clemente, um, like last week. And Who's dude, it was Roberto so Clemente? Right fielder for the Pittsburgh Pirates way back okay. in the day, died tragically. Unbelievable you, player, Hall of Famer. I have a, I have a bio- biography of him that I have not. Do you want to read it? Yeah. But okay. I just, I'm a slow reader. I know in this season with us planting a church, yeah. with us having two children, age two or younger. The third one on the way. No. <laughs> No. <laughs> um, you sure about that? I'm sure that about okay? that. <laughs> um, that the best thing for, for me as mm-hmm. one of the leaders in our church, the best thing for the people of our church is for me to, to better understand why we do yeah. what we do than to, to read biographies about Roberto Clemente. And so I'm just not a quick reader. Some people could do that just fine and, and get through that. And yeah, it would, wouldn't be a big deal at all. But I, I just, I don't read quick enough yeah. for that right now. Any audiobooks recently? Um, Good question. I don't think so. 
I've been listening to articles. I told you about yeah. that little. Well, here's the thing. If you want to listen to audiobooks, mm. you can head on over to audio, audibletrial.com slash simple theology, mm. where you can sign up and you get a free audiobook. You get a month uh, of a credit for a book free. You can get any book you want. Um, they do charge after the first month, but it's like 16 bucks or something like that, somewhere in there-ish. But you get you get a free book every month, plus you get discounts on other books. Great way to consume oh, yeah. books. Um, so go to audibletrial.com slash simple theology. Exactly. So you head on over there, and you can get a free book. Free and book. We, and we also get a little bit, tiny little bit of kickback. Small so we appreciate kickback. It. All right, yeah. Rob, you got a quote for us. Go ahead and lay it on us. I, I, I don't I don't right now. I'm trying to find one. Why don't Rob, you go ahead and You tell come us. unprepared. <laughs> Oh, okay, so yeah, so here's a few lists, a few lists, one list of a few books um, that I've just gone through in the last probably year, not quite yearish, but we did a whole episode regarding. Well, we did two episodes around this, but we did an interview with Jared C. Wilson on his book, mm. The Gospel According to Satan. That was a very good book. Very good book. Uh, I encourage you. It's funny. We, we we did the episode. We posted it. Posted that we did an episode on social media, and we got all kinds of like messages, like on the comments, like. People who clearly, clearly did not listen not to the listen. episode, just like You're lambasting Satanist. us about, yeah, like, yeah because there was a God's word like, going to judge you, yeah. like all this, all this stuff. I think they thought we were endorsing Satan like, Guys, or this is, I don't know. And he, if you listen to that episode where he gets, where he's talking about this book, he, yeah. he says that people reached yeah. out to him, like very concerned. He's like, guys. Read the book. Yeah, read the book. We <laughs> talked about not, that episode and, and. The screw tape letters, which C.S. Lewis wrote. Yep. And people get kind of funky about that as well, which I just read that book this year. Great book. Go read the screw tape letters. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a great book, The Gospel According to Satan, uh, by Jared C. Wilson. Talks about eight lies that the gospel, uh, or that Satan lays out that Christians can be tempted to believe. Yep. Yep. All right, Rob, you do have a quote for us, I think. I do. I, w- I didn't want to just lay it on us before I Okay, so going. I said we were going through Understanding Congregation's Authority. And one of the things that Jonathan Lehman pointed out in this book was that um, the congregation has the authority to protect the gospel. Mm-hmm. And so they choose their leaders, they choose their statement of faith. Um, and it says that you as the congregation, you have, if you're a member of the church, you have a job responsibility. And when churches take away that responsibility from the congregation, just say like, hey, leaders, you take care of everything. They're essentially firing the members of the church. He's written a book, Don't Fire Your Church Members. He's making that argument. Mm. And so at the end of this book, I highly recommend this book, this church basic series book. It's very small, very, very accessible, but he lists what your job responsibilities are. And this part was, was very good for me. Um, he says, job responsibility number one, as a church member, attend church regularly. He says, attendance makes everything else possible. So if you are not attending, the other things are not possible. He says, job responsibility number two, help preserve the gospel. Responsibility number three, help affirm gospel citizens. So you're affirming their statement of faith. And if that is the case, then you are baptizing them and allowing them to come and partake in the Lord's Supper. If they are making, if they are providing evidence that they are no longer followers of Jesus, then you need to help them understand that they are living in such a way that they can't that the church can no longer affirm their statement of faith. So help affirm gospel citizens. Um, responsibility number four, attend members meetings, because this is where um, decisions concerning the gospel what and the gospel who are made, and you should be there. Um, responsibility number five, disciple other church members. 
He says, our words should be good for building up someone in need so that it gives grace to those who hear. Also, make yourself available to be spoken to. Uh, job responsibility number six, share the gospel with outsiders. And responsibility number seven, follow your leaders. Mm, so there you go. good summary right there. Um, yeah. But I highly recommend the book. Again, the book title is... Understanding, Understanding the Congregation's Authority. By Jonathan Lehman. Yeah. So, okay. So, back to my list yeah. after Rob sorry. rudely interrupted. Oh, Callie so Ned. sorry. Um, I wrote a book. I wrote a book. You wrote a book. <laughs> I read all the things I read. <laughs> I read a book by uh, Dr. James Andrews, who was a professor, theologian, pastor. And the book title is Polishing God's Monuments. Ooh. And when I got the book... I. It was recommended by, uh, I think it was Tim Challies. Okay. And the guy said he read it in a day, which what the Tim Challies consumes. But it's a it's a big book. It's not like a small book. But th- here's the premise is he's saying in suffering through hardship, we have to look back at what God has done in our life where he's proven faithful and remind ourselves. I mean, look, what, look how God showed mm. up. Remember what God has done. Remember what, you know, and we see this all as a pattern all throughout the Bible, like as God's people remembering what God has done. So he calls that polishing God's monuments. And he talks about the story of his daughter's journey of, of um, illness through different, she just, she um, had a real bad horse riding accident when she was a girl. And then um, in her early 20s, her and her husband got really sick. And I can't remember like all the stuff they had, but one of those things where they couldn't be around chemicals, like they oh, had to like wow. you know carpet their house and tear out all kinds of like no material, like like everything they touched, they couldn't go outside for like a couple years, like Sheesh. just the smallest amount of chemicals around them would throw their immune system, and just this went on for decades, and they're still struggling with it, but not nearly as severe. And talked about through all these hardships, like. Just remembering how to suffer well by remembering what Christ has done for you. So, super good book. Wow. Um, great story. That's Polishing God's Monuments by James Andrews. I like this next one. Yes. Um, the Warmth. Oh, <laughs> Harry Potter. So, I, I did. Which one? Well, the first two. I can't remember the names of them. Okay. This was a while back. This was like. The Sorcerer's Stone. February, maybe. And The, the Green Goblet. Oh, okay. <laughs> the Two Towers. Chamber of Secrets. <laughs> yeah. So, um, did these on Audible. Thanks to Audible for that. And they were really good. And the reason I didn't have it listened to the rest of them is it, they're just really long. And I'm like, if I'm going to give 20 hours to a book, it's probably not going to be this book. But they're good. Do you listen to it on regular speed? No. But okay. you're, but it's still like yeah. divided by one and a half. I don't do two usually. It depends on who's reading it. Yeah. But um, so those are good books. Those were fun. Just kind of very just different way to kind of just relax. Um, the Warmth of Other Sons by Isabel Wilkerson. Very oh, I've good heard book. about this. That, isn't that the one that Lehman recommended? It is. Yes. Look at the connection here now, isn't I it? I see what you're doing. Um, yeah, so this is the book of the Great Migration. So these are um, African-American people who, black people who left the South and migrated North. Um, post, like the, the era is like post, like right from when World War II or World War One ended. I think through like 1970. That's the era of the Great Migration. So they went from the Deep South to California, up in Chicago, New York, and it, it tracks these uh, f- three families or four families who, who migrate in their story and how things develop. And phenomenal book. Amazing really? read. Very eye-opening. Uh, and the last book I just finished a couple weeks ago, Evangelism and the Sovereignty of God by J.I. Packer. Really good book. Um, it's four chapters. And when you get 
Well, do you want to talk about the sponsor for a minute? <laughs> I see what you're um, When you, it's four chapters. The first two chapters are like four pages each. The last two chapters are very long. But J.I. Packer does a, a magnificent job explaining how evangelism is a commandment yeah. and how yet that works under the sovereignty of God. Um, so if you've ever asked your question, like, why are we supposed to evangelize if God's sovereign and there's he's chosen his people? Yep. Or or even how do I present the gospel if I believe that God has predestined people for heaven? Um, buy this book, mark it up, study it, read it. Great book. So nice. those are a few books. Um, we are, Robert and I are both, um, I would dare say I am a slower reader than Robert is. I don't know. Slow readers I don't know. consume slowly. Um, I have very poor retention as far as reading. So do I. My dad has phenomenal retention. Really? Oh, it's the most annoying thing. Yeah. He'll remember stuff like crazy. I have to mark up books like crazy so that if someone wants to talk about it, I have to pull off the shelf and then see what yeah. parts. The guy I used to work with, senior pastor, he has, his books were super marked up, but he he can pick up a book and remember, oh, this was in like chapter three and like you haven't picked that book up for five years. How would you remember that? Yeah. Um, anyway, so I, what I'm saying is books are a phenomenal resource that um, A, before the printing press weren't even a dream really, but yeah. but we just yeah. live in an era where there's so much content, there's so much going on. We want to encourage you guys to be reading good books. Yeah. Novels, stories, whatever. but there's a, there's a great gift in literature. So, um, there's wonderful books about our faith and what we believe, why we believe what we believe. So these are some simple recommendations, excluding a couple, yeah, and, of, the, couple and, of the ones I listed, but. And to build off of that, one of the, one of the things I, I can't remember who said it, but they essentially said, if you are, if you're in a spot in your, in your walk with Jesus to where you feel like you're in a dry season, mm-hmm. said first question the guy asked was, are you reading your Bible? And the yeah. second question he asks is, are you reading any other books? Yeah. Because sometimes it's other books that can help stir your affection, help you see things that you didn't previously see. Because because to think that you're going to see everything on your own, yes, you, we have the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, we, we don't need other books. But to think that you're going to see everything without the help of somebody else. Right. I mean man you're you're just missing you're missing some some really great yes. stuff that other people could help show you and that's what other books do even even things like Harry, like i'm not saying harry potter is a commentary or anything <laughs> like that but i'm saying by by seeing some of the themes there you may be able to pick up on some things in mm-hmm. scripture that oh man i see the theme of redemption yeah. in harry potter or i see the theme of love here and then it just helps you better appreciate the the storyline of scripture well and it's just a great it's just a great way for us to engage intellectually, not yeah. like in an academic way, just like in thought. But I think you're yeah, talking about that. I might be wrong on this, but I think Donald Whitney has a book. I think so. Um, can't remember the title of it. Is it 10 questions to diagnose your spiritual health? I think so. And he just talks about like what's going on. And he talks about y- your need for the word. And if you're dry, so check out that book. Great book. There you go. Excellent. Sponsors. Right. Oh yeah. Here we go. Um, <laughs> If you guys want to connect with us, head on over. Oh, yeah, the sponsors are not doing that. I see what you wrote there. Uh, who actually is sponsoring us is Audible. If you want to get which a free you heard book. About. Exactly. Did you did you listen to um, The Warmth of Other Sons? Did you do that on Audible? Yep, sure did. I remember talking to Lehman. He said he does yep. a lot of Audible. Um, Just what, finished a book today. You said Harry Audible. Potter on Audible. Just finished one. Like when, when I was sitting here on your couch waiting for you to come in. Yeah. I'm not kidding you, Rob. It stopped in five seconds later. You walked in that door. I was waiting. What book was it? Um, it is called, let me, I think she's like, let me find it here. 
Was Polishing God's Monuments, is that an audible? No. Okay. Uh, Stalin, the court of the Red Czar. So this is about Stalin, his stuff. right of power, and, and all the people that are around him. Fascinating, kind of actually depressing, but very enlightening story. Yeah, so Audible, if you guys want to get a free book, head over to audibletrial.com slash simpletheology. And when you sign up, you will get a free book. And even if you decide after the month you do not want to continue with your free trial, you will still be able to keep the book and still access it mm-hmm. anytime. You just get a free Audible book. Yes. So head on over there. Check that out. Um, if you want to connect with us, head over to simpletheology.org. You can see us on Instagram at simpletheologypod, Facebook at facebook.com slash simpletheology. You can use the hashtag simpletheologypod on the big three platforms, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And we'll be able to see that and interact. If you want to email us a question, you can send that to info at simpletheology.org, or you can leave us a voicemail at 614-233-1098. Again, 614-233-1098. I blew through that. There's a lot there. Take breath. Simpletheology.org. Check it out. All right, guys. Peace. Peace.